I have this crystal ball. You want to look in it? Uh, you know, I'm. I, from oh, what on, I understand, just, at best, I have just, like a thirty percent chance of being able to trust the what's depicted in there. So I don't know. Ah, come on, that's like a dice roll. That's like a one or two on a dice. Yeah, roll, I've know? rolled enough. Yeah, like I've rolled enough dice to be like, I don't. That's not going to be useful to me. I'd rather not look at your crystal ball. I don't need to know the future. Oh yeah. Because right now in the present, we are recording... Ah, what? Do you want to try one? What are you doing? Do you want to try no, another time? Well, sure, I guess. Well, the magic is like, you know... Every time I try to... The st- magic's I sabotage. But the future I isn't... You're watching... You're listening to Ultimate Despair Prize. <laughs> going through the murder... Going through Dan Rafa one murder at a you time. See, I self I self-sabotage one time and then Jackie pounces on this me. This is my not podcast. Unlike, not unlike a, a like a, a majestic mountain lion I am, getting I am like the finding a lion. finding a downed deer um that has been murdered because we're talking about Daganrapa because this is Ultimate Despair Reprise, a Daganrapa recap podcast going through the entire Daganrapa series one murder at a time. I am the ultimate host who always gets it perfect every single time, Kyrie Page. I'm the ultimate fangirl who's just here for the ride and having a good time, Jeff Runkle. I'm a mountain lion. You're gonna need to put in some foley for this, but I'm sure it'll be great. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I'm just gonna find like the crustiest, most digital mountain lion. Like you're gonna boring. have to put in like you got to <laughs> number one best um, 2022 mountain lion attacks. Hello, mountain lion. It's you, myself, the mountain lion. I am the mountain lioniest mountain lion. The best there ever was or will be. My mom was a mountain, and my dad was a lion. And that pretty much gives me superpowers. But most importantly, I don't want to hurt any nice raccoons. I just want to go home. Funniest compilation. <laughs> Extreme. <Yeah>. Gone sexual. <laughs> Maybe not that version. <laughs> maybe, 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 maybe like excise gone maybe. sexual from your mountain lion attack searches. <laughs> yeah, you should. Or don't. I'm, I'm a podcaster, <laughs> not a cop. <laughs> yeah, um, because uh, we are podcasting about episode. What was it? Episode six. Episode six. Of, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Episode six through. of future. 
yeah, future side and despair side of Danganronpa 3, the anime. You know the drill. Watch it on Crunky. You're fine. If you're on Blu-ray, God help you. Um, and it's even worse if you have to watch it at like you know a theater. You I know, am. yeah, they don't perform the Danganronpa uh, despair in future plays anymore. I guess. No, they don't. They don't, huh? Yeah. Yeah, they don't. You can't. You had to go back to like the 1800s for that, and that's real difficult. Yep. Just make this time. They machine. don't make. Although, yeah, they don't make that easy yeah. for you. I mean, no, it's easy for me, but that's because I'm built different. True. You just sent your brain back, back in time, like fucking Wolverine. Yeah. Or whatever. Did he do that? Yeah. That's they so fucked up. That's I have not seen X Men. I have not seen X Men. Days of Future Past is, like, the one, like, besides Logan, is the second, like, my second favorite X-Men movie. Because it actually has something interesting to say and do with its characters. Um, But, like, yeah, the plot of it is that, like, Professor Xavier literally sends Wolverine's mind back in time. Because his healing factor allows him to withstand, like, the fucking damage it would do to a brain. And That's really cool, looked, actually. I like that a lot. Yeah, as they are trying to, like, stop this fucked up future where, like, the Sentinel program kills everything. Not just the mutants, but, like, all life on the planet. <laughs> I I need to see that, I think. I, it's cool, might have to watch I, I liked it. Isn't that the same one where... Uh, was it where Magneto... Like, oh, sorry. It was uh, Magneto gets out of jail with, like, the blood, the iron in somebody's blood, right? I was I think thinking about like, yeah. yeah. I was thinking about Magneto like visiting a concentration camp or whatever. That's the oh, first. Shit. Well, that's the the first X Men movie sets up the first Brian Singer. Was it Brian Singer? Yes. Yes. The first Brian Singer one. The opening scene is Magneto's family getting killed in the Holocaust. Jesus. Yeah, I knew, I knew, are... uh, I knew, I knew Magneto was like a Holocaust survivor, but I didn't, I didn't realize they like showed that in the movies. Oh yeah, yeah, they did. And then for some reason, in the recent comics, they they did this thing where like they made him like a like daddy now or something. And what I mean is like they they like de-age him, but not enough to make him like really young. It's comics are weird. Yeah, comics anyway, <laughs> not very good sometimes. But dang it, Rapa, that's okay. I had a good time watching these episodes. Yeah, it's, it's okay. Mm. I thought that the I thought that the future side was pretty mid, but I think the um the the despair side this time was actually really solid. I I have opinions on it. Um, let let's start at the future side because that's not honestly going to be a very long conversation because this is like, I mean, honestly, a lot of this episode is mostly just. You know, we, we kind of get the into this rhythm occasionally with this show where an episode or like a couple scenes is used for setup for the next few. And this is definitely like the third uh, sleepy time has happened, as uh, Kirigiri points out. And she's like, OK, we need to take stock of what happened. And, you know, they find the dead bodies. And it turns out the not only did the ultimate pharmacist uh, get killed. The ultimate blacksmith is also dead. Um, I my theory is that the ultimate uh, confectioner whacked him because he was not useful anymore. I I don't know if that's a thing that they're gonna if that's what they're gonna like execute on, but that feels the most likely. 
Actually, I was, it seems like from is, how this, it's framed, at least. This is actually a good time as ever, because most of the time on on this podcast, Jackie, I will ask you at certain points of, like, who you think who done it or whatever. But it's a little weird for this show, because it's just kind of one central mystery. But I think that's okay. We're at the halfway point for both of these shows. We know what happens in, of course, you know... You know, despair side is like, okay, that's events we already are aware of. But future side, I want to know, who do you think is the attacker? Um, see, I don't, I have no idea. Because don't a lot of the attacks happen in, like, pretty isolated situations? If anything, I'd say maybe, like, I'd honestly, I'm trying to take stock of who we have right now. So, to recap, uh, Great Gozu was the first to die, Rip you know, great Gozu. Actually, no. Forever. The first guy, no. The, the first guy to die, was um, the one voiced by. Yeah, was the one voiced by uh, Terrie. Well, well, okay. So Chisa dies first yes. in the first sleepy time, right? She's just um, sleeping. Right, she's just sleeping. <laughs> she'll dog. get up. She'll get back up and pwn them. It's fine. It's fine. Uh, it's th- fine. Just hit the. Just like Mutakata. Just like hold the revive button. Come on, yeah, man. really, Mutakata. Uh, <laughs> he just kill. Just down the death. Just collect her, he her death the card death and put button. her in the reboot machine, in the reboot van. <laughs> yeah, he 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 held down her death button this time by stabbing her with a fucking sword. <laughs> it was more it's symbolic a prop than anything. Fine. Yeah, it's fine. But okay, Chisa was first to die. Bandai died because of a NG code violation, mind yeah. you. Hate um, those Newgrounds codes violations. <laughs> hate them. Hate them. They banned me from the Flash portal. What am I going to do? Yeah, when it, uh, how was you gonna a joke play Gangaro Girl? God, <laughs> Jesus fucking Christ! How uh, you gonna play all those like weirdly specific like porn games about Blue Mary from King of Fighters? We're all so old. Like this is just this is yeah. This is like a shout out to this, ah, fuck, dude. How many people in our audience were like teenagers in the two thousand in like the late two thousands, early twenty tens? At most, question. Like, I don't know, like or like at least new enough to like access web portal, like the web portal to get into that specific genre of bullshit. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I it was interesting. So, uh, last episode between recordings, I went and attended Anime USA. Uh, that was a fun time, and I did get one person to like follow. The uh the the despaircast Twitter at that point shout outs to you person I don't remember off the top of my head. It's uh, <laughs> a really good shout they, out. They're gonna they're gonna they know love that. they know they know who they are. <laughs> um, <laughs> but it was like interesting to think about. Like you know, I was actually talking with a good number of you know, like there are still Dangarampa cosplayers at Anime USA, and they tend like they're you know, younger, you know, people, certainly, and I, I really, like, you bringing up, like, Flash animations and the like, it's like, I really do wonder how many of them, like, even know what a Newgrounds.com is. Yeah, wasn't the switch to, to WebM, like... You mean, like, HTML5? Or, yeah, HTML5, wasn't that, like, 2014 or so? Like, 2013? Like, way... Relatively like Relatively, like... No, it's 2022. That is almost 10 years ago. Oh my god, fuck. fuck. Like, the, that's what, but that's what you're getting at, is, is that, like, Flash has been dead for quite a while now, if not, like, literally, then effectively. Well, 
I mean, like, like Adobe, like, officially ceased um, support in 2021. It was like, what was it? December 31st, 2020 was, yeah, was when like, they officially ceased. Yeah. yeah. And then people um, made, I like, remember- like um, WebM and HTML5 converters that still, that they don't work 100% of the time. And there no, are a lot of works that, like, there, there's just so flash much shit. that are just gone forever now. Mini clip is yeah. gone. They fucking killed mini clip. They killed mini clip. It's it's you bastards. I don't know. It's a weird future that we li- like. We live in the most like boring cyberpunk t- dystopia. It's a cyberpunk dystopia, and there's not even a robot girl to suck you off. Like, what's the point? I can't put up. I can't put a <laughs> UMD in my brain. It gets sucked off by Hatsune Miku. This sucks. Uh, uh... Anyway. <laughs> So okay, people who died. Um, Jed just now. Um, all right, Bandai died him. because of Iggy code violation. Um, Great Gozu was then killed during the sleepy time. Uh, Tengen got offed, um, but that was Gozu like a combination. <laughs> Gozu Kanda Kanda forever. forever. We are we are doing the we are doing the the Gozu Kanda forever pose. Uh, if you, when you hear I us say Gozu right Kanda. Now. When you hear us say Gozukanda forever and you don't do the Gozukanda forever pose, um, we do we we will send a deep web hitman to your house. We will send <laughs> the bald true. gun guy right after you. That's another podcast on the Scanline Network. You should <laughs> listen to it. Normally I'm Speaking the one. Of- Normally, I'm the one who does the plugs. Yeah, Speaking well, of Gozu, it well, looks so fucking wrong when they take his mask off and you're just looking at the death shroud. <laughs> it is so funny. You don't see his they- face, though. They de- they they respected it like he's a luchador, right? Like, this you know, is how, like this is like, like the fucking law. Spider-Man two scene where they take off the mask, <laughs> where he's like unconscious and everybody's avoiding looking at his face. I'll, well, no, well, very pointedly in Spider-Man two, they do see his face, but the, all the all the people on the train go, "We won't tell anybody, Spider-Man." Um, We're like that. <laughs> what if Great Gozu is just really ugly? <laughs> Like great, you see great his face, and you're like, "Yeah, oh, I'm not gonna tell anybody. Don't worry about. It. I don't. Great, want to, I don't have the words to describe this." Great Gozu has a face like an alien from the prequel trilogy. God, uh, what are we talking, Mister? <laughs> great Gozu, you take the mask off of Great Gozu, and he is actually just a bull. Like he's just a very tiny bull in a man suit. <laughs> It's a tiny bull. No, no, no. It's like that, like the fucking aliens from Men in Black, in yeah. which they're piloting a human suit. There's a tiny bull in there. <laughs> Chad, you seem to have very patiently been wanting to say something. <laughs> I'm just waiting for us to like finish the recap of who died, so I can point out the <laughs> like the the thrust of the episode. Cause... Okay, okay. Confectioner is or not confectioner. Pharmacist is now dead. Blacksmith is dead. I think that's all the dead bodies so far. Yeah, and like the thing is, rules stipulate only one corpse, a- only one corpse a turn. So clearly, one of these corpses is like either the killer is breaking their own rules, or we're dealing with a situation where one of these one of these deaths did not happen by that same killer. So I, I. I think it would be really funny if the killer broke their own rules because Makoto did suggest earlier this episode, oh, 
we don't have to play this game. It would be really funny if the killer was also not playing the game and just kind of fucking with them. But I think it was, I think, I, I as I said earlier, I think the confectioner killed um, the blacksmith because he was no longer useful. And I think she is going to lean more. I don't think she is the, like, agent of despair or whatever, but I think she did. I think she is kind of, like, off her own. Like, she's kind of hit the hit her lowest point at this point and is like, yeah, I'll, I'll kill. I'll kill. I'll murder. Whatever. She's the she's she uh, as the kids know it. The um, <clears throat> hold on, let me check my notes. Hold on. Uh, the kids uh, call them the uh, third imposter, I believe. Is that is that anything? No, it is actually. Actually, I think in like the meta game of Among Us, or actually Werewolf oh, as Among a Us? game. Yes, I yes. mean Werewolf, the traditional party game, is that there is a phenomenon known as like either you know the third traitor in which like there is a traitor on the like that is supposed somebody to who is not the given team. the role of traitor who is doing their best to betray because it is funny exactly like yeah. um yeah like you have that like as, like, at this very moment <laughs> like yes. me um like you um yeah, I so... am ontologically evil, and all crimes committed against me are justified. <laughs> anyway, so we, um, I do love. There are, however, a couple of sequences in this episode that I rather like. Um, so, uh, you know, the 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 return of uh, Monaka is quite funny. Oh, um, she rocks! Monaka is the funniest fucking... actual character in. Monaka is the funniest character in fiction because she's not like. The evil villain. She's just kind of a loser who wants to be the evil villain. And right. she's out here. And I love that the, she, that, she, that Makoto's like, wow, thank you for the pep talk. You're a warrior of hope. And she's like, Jesus fucking Christ, they got me. No. Does he know? <laughs> I know. She, How'd they like... fucking get me? <laughs> as, they, as she role plays like his anime GF. She, like in she was laying it on so thick. It was what a lame ca- like. Like I hope Gekugahara is not like. Th- I mean, well, I guess we're never gonna see what Gekugahara like. Well, yeah, actually because like fucking because dead. she got killed big time. Sucks to suck then, but um, I I hope that she's not actually like that because if my therapist did that to me, I'd become more mentally ill. <laughs> uh, wait a minute, hold on. I think she is a character in. One of the, like, Danganronpa novels, I think. Oh, fantastic. Uh, that, that would not surprise me. Like, there's a lot of... There is a lot of Danganronpa side material that we likely won't ever get to. But, uh... Yeah, sometimes you get characters from, like, the manga spinoff or one of the light novels or whatever. They find their way into the story one way or another. I like that, like, in Danganronpa Zero and a lot of other side materials, there is, like, Zero, I believe, is a prequel novel um, that came out. There is that sound novel that Jen was alluding to. You also have, like, just a bunch of other stuff. Although I did like, there was a Danganronpa spinoff manga that came out, I think, between the anime and V3, where initially it was just published on at... Like, in one of the Square Enix magazines as, like, Killer Killer? Yeah, like, specifically there was something called Killer Killer, and it was about a 
it, it was basically about a serial killer posing as a detective in the police force that specifically seeks other serial killers to kill. I think and I heard about that. Yeah, I didn't hear it was very first... good, but I did hear about it. Sure, but Jenny was saying. <laughs> yeah, like, the big reveal was that at some point they mention um, exp- investigating a crime at Hope's Peak Academy, and then the title shifts to be, like, Danganronpa Gaiden Killer Killer. Yeah, which is, like, that's kind of cool that, like, for a couple chapters, it's, like, it's, you know, for a series famous for not playing its cards close to its chest, like, you know, they got a little, like, ambitious with it in some ways, but that's, like, you know, that's the advantage of having, like, interesting side projects. Um, But, yeah, I love the sequence, though, like, after... um, after Monaka, basically, you know, she convinces uh, Makoto and Asahina to hook up, like, her Ethernet cable to something to get some, like, signal out to the outside world. And um, we get Byakuya back, who, like, ring, who, like gets Boo, called up. Hate your pussy. <laughs> I like I like him. Because Whenever he's I see like Byakuya, I... I want to hit. Him. I want to buy a car just so I could hit him with it. Byakuya is so fucking lame. What if the he ultimate would get rich run man over. was exactly like Jeff Bezos? What if Jeffy B that... was an anime boy? <laughs> His talent is we making a... me want to kill him. <laughs> but he's voiced by Akira Ishida, so I like love every word that comes out of his mouth because he's like one of my favorite seiyu. Um... His, uh, you know, delivery and performance is still very funny to me. Yeah, and there's something cute about the way that he reassures uh, Makoto um, using one of his backhanded compliments being like, wow, the situation must suck. No, 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 not for you, for them, because you're basically a roach. No one can kill you, so... (laughs) (laughs) This is... Biakuya? Pleasure to hear from you, even if you do appear a bit harried. Uh, What's wrong? Uh, aren't you on trial or some nonsense? Things are complicated. Hmm. I'll need a bit more detail than that, please. So, a mutual killing game? Wait, you you didn't know? But Monokuma told us it was being televised, just like last time. I assure you, there has been no such program. It would be very intensive. I don't believe the remnants have the wherewithal these days. No. Scratch that. Uh. One of my little birds reported back. A future Foundation peacekeeping squad is en route to a certain island as we speak. But, for some reason, none of the other branches have been informed. Are they headed where I think they are? Indeed. Jabberwock Island. But who would possibly send them there? The peacekeeping squad answers directly to the vice chairman. Ergo, we may reasonably deduce whatever the meeting's outcome. Kyosuke Munakata means to treat the inhabitants of said island as remnants of despair. So everyone here's in danger? I think we may further postulate a connection between this operation and what's happening to you. As you might imagine, I don't like this one bit. I thought it best to deploy my own forces. They shall reach you momentarily. Thank you. Just be careful. 
I'll let Fukawa into the loop. Kirigiri is there with you, correct? Yep. It's time for the 78th graduating class to reunite. Well, mostly. There's someone we're forgetting. <laughs> I would not call this a good time. Honestly, we're just glad you're coming. We can hold out. I meant for Monokuma and His Excellency, Vice Chairman Munakata. Uh -huh. You're quick on your feet, tenacious, and singularly fortunate. I'd sooner cavort with sharks than risk making an enemy of you. Good luck. Your party has been disconnected! You see what I deal with on this fucking podcast? <laughs> Do people fucking, like... Ugh. Ugh. Yeah, I thought it was yes. cute when he called Makoto... When he called Makoto a roach. <laughs> he was when he called like, Makoto up and was like, "Man, it must suck to roll out, to be in a life or death situation." Not you. You should treat yourself now. But all the other poor schmucks that are stuck with you, oh man, they are, they must be I, miserable. I'm not gonna help see, though. I, Bye. I well, very pointedly, he he like after he hangs up, like the like one of his henchmen. Is like, uh, sir, are you going to tell him that, like, the ultimate therapist is, like, fucking dead? He's like, no, because if I did, I know that, like, one of the traitors is actively there, and if I revealed yeah, that, they're gonna get things would go south. Exactly. Also, I can, like, maneuver some shit. I'm gonna send, like, the, the spare girls to do some, you know, to deal with the problem. Like, like he's making some moves, um... Well, it's not so much that he's sending them more like they've just been there the entire time ever since uh, that game ended. Because, like, they, they stayed behind to more or less uh, clean things up over there. Well, well, you know, she tried to clean up <laughs> with uh, Toko, but uh, yeah, the girls are back. has been failing. The girls are yeah, back the girls in are town. Back. The girls are back in town. The girls are back in town. Kiri, give you me some foley. The girls are back in town. Let's fucking go. You popped off super hard in our. Oh my chat. god, I was so excited! I and honestly, like I was I was like asleep this whole episode, and then I hear I fucking hear, I, I hear oh, I Komaru. hear Komaru Komaru I had forgotten her voice. I know Toko's voice by I know Toko's name by heart, but I forget Komaru sometimes because because Rampa, despite having her be like the actual best character in the series, does not fucking care about her. She is trying to bathe Toko like a dog. <laughs> it's just like, <laughs> yes, this is why this this is what makes this series good. Uh, Junko, shut the fuck I'll up. This is great. This is great. I'll tell you. I will tell you one thing. I'm sure you saw it from the episode title preview. The next episode the is next just episode nothing but is going to be so good. It's just Komaru and Toko dealing with a problem. It is okay, the episode title is called Ultra Despair Girls. Finally. And it's kind of it's kind of like a, you know, you know, a sort of recap of what happened in that game, but also but not even that far. Like it's just mostly like, okay, we need to conclude like a plot point that was set up in that game in this moment. So the girls get to like have a bit that you two thought I would hate this game. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? There's been a lot of surprises in, over the course of this podcast. Um, that may be one of them, but <laughs> just honestly, the two of them I... in my head. 
<laughs> yeah. yeah. You can I, rotate cubes in your brain now. I, I, am, I am a shape rotator, and that shape is Komaru. <laughs> I, I still maintain that, like, we're in the situation where the show is just going to gradually get worse until like the end just happens but uh oh, you i have no say doubt that since the beginning <laughs> here's the thing does it explode harder like is it a, is does it explode harder than ranking of kings did because let me be honest no like <laughs> ranking of kings fell apart so badly at the end i don't think there's anything a- can beat that there's a difference between like there's a difference between disappointing falling apart in terms of like okay this is a prequel that is messing with things that i like about the series overall and that kind of stinks versus this falls apart as in like ranking of kings falls apart as in oh this turned out to be some fascist bullshit all the this whole time so well what really happened with ranking of kings is not like it it wasn't it had like the author was obviously not like he he was well, he wasn't I don't think he his was like third a fascist. Eye. His, he wasn't like he he's not like his a third card. eye wasn't woke. He just you know, he was just, like, he's a, a dipshit blue collar guy. Like he's not like he yeah, doesn't huh. like he probably he's just like kind of center of the line liberal guy. Like I'm not like this is not apology for him, but this is just like the way people talk about foreign countries that in, when they are like not polit- attuned to anything politically is just like, oh yeah, the people like there are like this. Da-da-da. You know, I'm like good for inherent like- qualities. I'm not going to analyze this at all. So, like, that snuck uh-huh. its way in, and then uh-huh. he just wrote himself into a corner and fucked up so bad, he ended up accidentally writing, like, just insane bullshit. Like, it's, it is truly incredible. Like, it's, it's, it's not quite like after the, you know, like first season of Attack on Titan, in which you think, oh, there's like a weird monster mystery going on. And then we find out that the monsters are. I think it's, I think it's both more complex than that and also way stupider than that because I don't think the Attack on, yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't recall the Attack on Titan guy being like an actual fascist either. I think he was just uh, stupid. <laughs> Uh, well, the uh, later, the later chapters of Attack on Titan basically says, uh, Aaron needs to become more fascist to yeah, like, like, solve doesn't the world. He, but, like, doesn't he, like, do just some insane, like, not just, not necessarily fashion, fascist, but, like, just directly omnicidal shit, like, oh, yeah, I'm yeah. gonna be the greatest monster history has ever known, like. Oh, kind of like Lelouch. Yeah, kind of like Lelouch, but without being, like, clever about it, just kind of being like, yeah. I'll just I don't know, I'll just like, kill everybody. Well, yeah, there we go. That's a good. That's that's how I'll achieve my happy I'm, ending. There won't be anyone left to be upset or something of the sort. I don't really follow Attack on Titan. I don't want to make more judgments I, I, on something I, I haven't read. I I I, 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 I like I like most people are like I guess a maybe not insignificant number of people just like stopped after season one. It's like kind of uh, kind of interesting, and then finding out like later plot beats is quite something to say the least. Yeah. Um, I, like, I, I poked my head in for some of the later Attack on Titan stuff, like, seasons two, three, and four, but I didn't really, like, watch it, you know, in any real capacity. I think the thing with Attack on Titan is it tried to do political intrigue, but it's just, it is a too stupid of a series and too self-serious to land on that political intrigue, so it just kind of, like, right, it just kind of throws shit at the wall, and it is high production value enough and, like, able to hold that, like, prestige, serious drama tone well enough that people mistake it for being, like, insightful or clever. You know? I, I, 
I mean, like, not to, like, I, I think this isn't, like, a point, like, worth, like, haranguing on. Yeah, I just will say that, like, there's just some, like, really heinous shit at some point in Attack on Titan. And it sounds like with Osama ranking, it's less of, like, like you said, Jackie, less of a guy actively trying to say, you know, things. Yeah, he wasn't about, saying, like, like, fuck Koreans. I'm gonna write this manga about how Korean people are evil. But he was, like, a like a 40-year-old guy who worked construction until, like, he did a manga for kicks, and it popped off. And so, like, obviously he has some, like, opinions that are that were drilled into him through being, A, 40 years old, and B, in a blue-collar industry, probably in a, in a country that we're, like, that is, like, 99% you know, Yamato and 1% everybody else, you know? Right. And in terms of, like, to, like, rest this, like, conversation back to, like, Danganronpa in some way, I think about how, like, I I still think, like, for its faults, they, like, I think the ending, like, the back half of Danganronpa 3 as an anime, in my recollection, does some pretty interesting things with the material. Um... And also has, like, a moment of, like, like, it has a moment that I particularly like. It's, like, I'm a sucker of a very specific type of sequence that I'm not going to say what it is, but we will obviously talk about it when we get there. Mm -hmm. So, that, like, again, not a ton of stuff happens in, um, you know, uh, Future Side. Again, it's more seeding the mystery, trying to figure out what's going on, little bits of, like, character growth. Um, and then just, you know, the looming threat of Munakata. You know, he, he like, stabs the sword through Chisa, you know, and says goodbye to her and is sort of like, oh, he's he's off, he's off the deep end. Yeah, now. he is. He is uh, thoroughly just, like, lost his mind. I, I know it's I know it is him accepting that he, or at least him like doubling down on his belief that he has killed her, um, which I mean I don't entirely disagree with, but also like, shut up, stupid, you know, like I mean yeah, mm-hmm. but also it's it's like I I think it works symbolically as a scene. You know, there's a lot of, like, really good imagery there yeah. of him, like, laying down this weapon and picking up a new one. It's very, you know... It's goofy and melodramatic, but it's... I, I think it is it's it is within Danganronpa's tone. You know, it is it is consistent, and also I think that, like, Munakata himself is a goofy and melodramatic type of person. Because he, yeah. he is effectively right. a Chunibyo teenager. He literally stabs mm-hmm. his dead love with a katana, and he's just, he's coping as poorly as humanly possible. Seething and molding. Like, but, you know, I think about, you know, I, I have gone on multiple times of the idea of the hero's journey, certainly. But I've always thought about, like, the cycle that, like, really compelling, you know, antagonists go through. And it's like, they have their, not necessarily a journey, it's more like, it's like a spiral of, yeah. like, a thing, like, something goes wrong, and the tragedy of those types of guys is that they just continue to drill deeper and deeper. Yeah. And to a point where it may be impossible for them to get out of it. Yeah, if there was any um, way that Munakata could have turned this around and, like, not ended this show as a corpse, uh, he has fucked up, and he has, like, spurned that option. So he is going, he is going to die... People are going to die for him, and 
that this kind of seal this is him sealing it like this is him kind of going like yep this is my fate yeah and, he's just fully you know and yeah that it, is your fate Munakata, and you deserve it good job good job asshole <laughs> i feel for him but he uh, but, is an asshole <laughs> yeah yeah i mean again whole series a, could have been a... avoided if he wasn't such a dickhead <laughs> Like, yeah. you hey, need your bag, hey, you're gonna us, lie in it. It sucks, us, but, like... Us fucking, like, going back in time, you know, or not, but or whatever, we poke our heads down in this world of Danganronpa-like gods, and we tell the, like, you know, highly emotional teenagers, like, hey, quit it! Grow quit up, it. stupid! Yeah, grow up, stupid. Isn't Munakata, like, 30? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the thing, like, this is... Munakata's, like, in his, his late 20s, early 30s, like, this is not, I mean, like, a child coping maladaptively. This is an adult coping extremely maladaptively. Yeah, because, like, when you find out, uh, by the time Danganronpa 1 has happened, like, both both the classes in Danganronpa 1 and 2 are significantly older than they think they are because of how much time they lost uh because of yeah. their inflicted amnesia and stuff and on top yeah and on top of that he was their upperclassman like he's been he he left he's he's out of that school yeah, yeah he had already graduated and was like building like entire magnet schools or whatever <laughs> in other countries while that was happening well granted you know with the way that these ultimates like tend to operate is that you know, it's not uncommon that the super, super duper high school level school counselor would in a couple of years post-grad just, you know, build like an entire new branch of Hope's Peak. But also I get it. I'm not, I'm not like apologizing for it. I just think about like, again, melodramatic story structure and all. Um, but yeah, Munakata is still effectively a young adult, but again, it's, we doubly have to like poke our heads down, take the sword away, tell him to like you know stop going yeah, to Sun Coast. And you murder one more person in oh, your ground. Fuck, I'm, I'm old again. I I do love how like in the despair episode, um, it starts with his gra- with Mutakata's graduation, and he just tells his closest confidence, "Yeah, I'm gonna go ahead and build." other branches and then i'm just gonna do a hostile takeover in a few years it's no big deal i'm gonna change I'm gonna the ch- system from gonna- within <laughs> i'm gonna change the system from within is such a fucking funny way for Munakata to approach things because it is so funny how it's like he, i'm gonna change the system from within in like a flashback from like the worst like- possible result of that decision Yep, it is so incredible, but honestly, it's great because it's like, you know, this is like we have we already pointed out that this is I'm like kind fix of the Munakata's... U.S. military. <laughs> I'm gonna join it yeah, as a private join... and work my way up, and in doing yep. so, I will not be indoctrinated into its ideology, and I will in fact be able to indoctrinate the system into my ideology, which is correct, and will not get picked apart. And in doing so, I will end. I will use war as a business to end war as a business. Man, I love Metal Gear Solid. <laughs> in the end, you were just like me trying to change history. Who can judge? Who's right or wrong? When the cards are down, I think we'll both agree that violence breeds violence. But in the end, it has to be this way.
Man, isn't it so cool that you get to rip out the still beating heart of a U.S. senator in that game? Oh, it's so good. I wish I could it do that rips. in real life. You know you can it do rips. that in real life, actually. Um, yeah, if, if yeah, you're quick, strength. yeah, if you're quick and you are efficient and effective, they cannot stop you. <laughs> not that i condone <laughs> anyway. this i'm gonna say I, we're gonna put up a big blinking advertisement that says please do not kill your local senators but if you do <laughs> tara's still beating hard out while listening to the coolest soundtrack you've ever heard if you do if you do here's how if i did it here's how i do it I'm gonna have to cut out the last like five minutes of this. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> you can cut or keep whatever you want. This is gonna be like a like this like bit that we're on is gonna be a Patreon Google IRA Manure strategy to figure. All right, give me like two seconds. It's getting really warm in here. I need to take my sweater off and then we'll talk about. Kiri, <laughs> like, no, that's the like, car bomb. <laughs> 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 what did you do? You don't have to be lucky. You have to be lucky every time. We only have to be lucky. Once, I only Gary. have to be lucky once. We only have to be lucky once. I love that that got turned into like an inspirational quote. Also, <laughs> like yeah, that people attribute to Margaret Thatcher. <laughs> it's so good. It is. It's what it's she would. So it's what she would have wanted. <laughs> She would yeah, also want you to be on her grave. She's very work. thirsty. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I listen. I, I, I don't have very many nice things to say about Ronald Reagan and Margaret Thatcher. Margaret, Margaret Thatcher. Margaret Thatcher. Margaret Thrasher. She made some good T-shirts. I don't have. Any, I don't have Margaret very many Thrasher good things the, to say. Is my wrestling name. Oh God. <laughs> I I don't have very many good things to say about Ronald Reagan and Margaret Thatcher, but it is pretty 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 sweet of them to have opened up the first public restroom, first gender neutral public restrooms. <laughs> okay, all right. I need to turn the air on because it's way too warm in this office. I've been trying to get away. To keep re- keep recording, obviously. I'll be back in a second. Okay. Jen, if you oh keep her god. busy, we can cook her. Oh my god, what is wrong with people? <laughs> She'll be perfectly roasted in about like uh, 26 hours. We just gotta keep her busy for that long. I think we can do it. <laughs> Gonna hotbox Kyrie. <laughs> Gonna hotbox Kyrie. I don't think that's what hotboxy means, but I don't know enough about smoking weed to, uh, you know, argue the point. <laughs> anyway, well, how the about that? The plan. I... <laughs> yeah. Come back in when you're ready. He's like a million miles away. <laughs> we banished, the, we sent her to the Shadow Realm. This is what happens when you lose a duel against me. I send you to Kiri's bathroom. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> anyway, I cannot believe they unethically grew a GMO gifted kid. Dang it, Rafa. <laughs> oh, um, so like, Izuru Kamakura, I think, is the funniest type of guy because he's just like, he's just a dude. They're like, oh yeah, like let's let's create like God and just shove him into the body of some depressed kid. And it's like, yeah, that's well, well, let's just, it would be funny. Let's just see what happens. The ultimate <laughs> yeah, special boy. It's that classic sort of secret society is putting together their scheme to 
Um, Secret Society is putting together their scheme to save the world or whatever, and their idea is just like, let's just wipe this kid's mind and put logic in there. Let's instead. make this child, yeah. let's make this single 16-year-old boy save the world. We'll give him, we'll give him all the intelligence and mental faculties and physical powers of, like, the smartest and strongest and blah 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 of, of for, grown adults. What they imply to be decades of research, mind yeah. you. Decades like, of research visual, to like, create this this person who will never, ever, 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 ever couldn't possibly backfire on them. Well, it's it's like you have you have this mention by Munakata that is like, okay, they are basically trying to you know, create a sort of god on Earth, and it's, like, one that they have control over. Like... I love... It's, I love that scene, because I love that he just ha- explains what a deus ex machina is to Yukizome. It is so and funny. Then it is funny. so and then he's good. Like, and then he's like, okay, Chisa, now you can't even say the name Kamakura. I forbid you. We're, we're just not gonna talk about it anymore. Just fucking <laughs> if you say the word if you say the word if you say the name Kamakura you're going back in the crate I'm gonna vote him out of office we're gonna call him 45 now yeah no we're gonna we're gonna uh, hey wouldn't it be cool if the guy before Kamakura retired one day earlier so all the hats have the wrong number <laughs> Christ um Christ yeah it's like Fucking explanation of the like Deus what a Deus Ex Machina is, um. But you know we were thinking it. about how this like you know Jen uh, remarked when we were watching. It's like oh, there's like a lot of stories like this. You know, we just recently covered like Eden of the East. This is like kind of like a central conceit of that uh series. Um, I think about like Full Metal Alchemist to a certain degree has this. I mean, um, yeah, creating- plot point. Creating the perfect dude, like, creating God, is, like, a thing that you see a lot in fiction. I, I think Danganronpa's take on it is really funny. I, I'm pretty, I, like, I am very pro Isuru Kamakura it's... being a thing. I th- Like, it, I don't know what my opinion was on it for Danganronpa 2, but I think at least now, like, in, in aggregate, it is, it is entirely, like, it well, is funny. Problem, I enjoy problem... it. The problem with Danganronpa 2 was that they introduced the plot point in the fucking 11 and a half hour. Yeah. Like, oh yeah, they did it during the four the, hour finale. The, yeah, dear, like two hours into the four hour finale, you find out that the big plan or whatever was to create Azura Kamakura. And we didn't have enough time to like really sit and marinate or like even think about the implication of it. Before, like, Hajime, you know, goes, like, Super Saiyan and defeats the depression. I just had a brilliant... I just had an idea. This just made me think of something. Oh, yeah? What if for all of Danganronpa 2, like, let's go back in time and... We're gonna rewrite Danganronpa 2. Yeah, and rewrite Danganronpa 2. What if you are... What if you were Isuru Kamakura, like, explicitly, right? And then Hajime Hinata was, like, your secondary, like, not quite... Oh, my God, I'm blanking on her name. Not quite, like, 
equal Chiaki to what? Or... Yeah, not quite Chiaki. Chia- yeah, your own personal uh-huh. Chiaki. Like you had Chiaki, and she hey, was your... that's the name of one that, of our yeah, podcasts. Yeah, the name of one of our episodes. <laughs> um, yeah. That was uh, we're dropping a lot of references this this, uh, this, sorry. this episode. It's, sorry, you so but, it's um, the idea of yeah, like, like you have him as your player? co-pilot. Yeah, like you have him mm-hmm. as your co-pilot, and he also in like unlike. Um, my god i keep wanting to call her chisato but that's not her name Un- chiaki. Chiaki. chiaki oh my god i she hasn't had much prominence recently so i i can be forgiven for forgetting her name dear it's listeners fine. please fine. So, please don't kill me please don't kill me i'm so please like it's please a, I'm so, i've been good <laughs> no 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 or, no all right <laughs> um but yeah so like imagine imagine if danganronpa 2 was instead you are izuru kamakura you have you are like being kind of pushed to react you know you have chiaki whose reactions to things are like you know kind of blasé but curious and then you have you know hajime hinata who is kind of down on himself kind of like you know kind of a loser he doesn't know what his actual talent is and maybe he doesn't have a talent and then you have you know izuru kamakura who is just like here and is struggling with anhedonia maybe i think that would be like his main conflict is that nothing makes him feel good but at the same time you know he enjoy he doesn't dislike being around these people and having you know and having them feel good around him you know and maybe like have that and then like when you get to the end you find out oh kamakura and and hinata are the same person like yeah they were like kind of fucking like just do the listen we all like fight club I don't know. You like, are his Tyler Durden. Kind of, you know? Basically. Yeah, like, and that would like, work a lot and better. You, and then you have, like, you could improve Nagito's character to a certain degree of, like, Nagito acting as his sort of agent of chaos, and it's like... Nagito you knows know, you're not real, or knows that only one... Knows that you're the same person, that your two psyches, you know, just kind of, like, interacting with each other. So he's, like, fucking with both of you. Like, see, exactly. that would have been so much more solid. And that would have led to I, a way better situation, I think, here, where Izuru Kamakura's characterization is, of course, um, you know, he's, he's, he, he is the god that they created and he fucking hates them. Yeah. And, and so, like, in this episode, I guess we, we can kind of jump to it, is that, like, Junko encounters Kamakura and like she does the big like fucking speech to like get him get him to be like hey isn't this like whole you're gonna become this god and create this harmony doesn't that suck doesn't that like that seems like shit to me uh junko seems like he might be a little dangerous yeah i know duh dangerously kick-ass dangerously gorgeous that's not really what i meant fat stupid ugly people need to shut up uh, fat stupid ugly that's me in a nutshell. Anyway. <laughs> Kamakura, good sir. Pleasure to meet ya. I'm Junko Inoshima from the 78th class. This may sound weird, but you've been on my mind a lot lately. The muckety-mucks have you scrolled away on hair like a third world quarantine baby. So not your style, pretty boy. I mean, look at this. You're virtually oozing with potential. So, like, saying, <laughs> death could come for you like a thief in the night, leaving the world awash in despair! <laughs> Junko! You son of a. <sighs> 
This is boring. You do realize that nothing you do has any meaning. perspective there seems no emotion less essential logical perspective you crack me up all right then explain how i came to be in this position what's your vulcan gestalt say about that junko enoshima your capacity for cold hard reasoning puts you at least 12 steps ahead in any situation and yet here you are knowing full well there's no way you can win Aww, you really don't get it Guess when it comes to cold hard reasoning, not all roads lead to Rome. You see, despair is the great unknown. A girl can only be this smart for so long before ennui sets in. That's the curse of being bright. Everyone goes on and on about hope, but what they really mean is status quo. Ah, but despair is a big old mystery box. There's nothing like it to get the blood pumping, the synapses firing, the senses tingling. It straight up shatters the status quo and paves the way for chaos. Think about it, when a single assassin's bullet can plunge humanity into world war, none of us are as far from the abyss as we'd like to tell ourselves. Embrace that simple fact and voila, you're in for the right of your life. Look at me, every nerve ending is at 11. Despair did that. Come on, pumpkin pie. Some part of you has to understand. They call you the world's hope, Izuru Kamakura. And who am I to say you're not the savior? Therein lies the rub. Hope only gets us as far as what we think we want. Safety, tranquility, boredom. Come on. Nirvana looks great on paper, but for someone with your intelligence? It's more like purgatory. You're better than that. They know we're here! Junko, we have to make a break for it now! You're a god among insects, Kamakura! Of course you're bored! The world's an ant farm! Embrace despair and we'll shatter the glass together! I am your salvation! It's fate! We were destined to walk hand in hand! Tell me you don't feel it! Yeah, like, she wants to get him over onto, like, you know, the despair side. Which I... See, like, I feel like that's not... I don't like it when they go in on um, Junko's ideology, because she doesn't really have an ideology. Or rather, the way she presents her ideology doesn't make it feel like a coherent thing. And it would be so much easier to make a coherent thing out of it if the, like... If they tuned into the fact that, like, what she seems to really get a kick out of is, like, people who not just are in despair, but are acting out of despair and thus, you know, they loose their inhibitions. They are acting, you know, which, like, Junko isn't, like, the Walter, isn't, like, laughing at, like, Walter White getting lung cancer. She, she's getting a kick out of Walter White having, getting, having lung cancer, and then choosing, because he is a prideful guy, to instead, of, instead of accepting the charity of his former co-workers, who he believes fucked him, 
going off and, mm-hmm. like, doing the wildly illegal things that he does for the whole series. Like, Junko it was, is, like, watching that, and that rocks for her. And... You well, know, she's an enabler. Yeah, she... Sure, I mean, sure. again, like, she herself is very much fettered. Like, I... I don't believe for a second that Junko actually would want to be in despair because the way you would put Junko in despair is you would take this entertainment away from her and she would force her to live or observe the outskirts of a kind society. Um, Mm -hmm. But she wants other people to be in positions where they're like, you know, I got my back against the wall. I'm going to go out in a blaze of glory. She wants people to like, she like her ideology is, Oh, you know, you're broke as shit and rent's due tomorrow? Rob a bank. You know, wouldn't it be so, sick as fuck if you robbed a bank and killed as many people as you could on your way out? Right. Jen, you seem to have saying some, you wanted to say something? Yeah, like, I, I do think that uh, Junko's explanation here for, like, what she gets out of despair is somewhat bullshit, but that's, like, this is the closest the show gets to what I find appealing about Junko in that, like, she... She's someone who, like, purportedly, like, by the end of Danganronpa 1, you find out that she single-handedly caused an apocalypse just by being a motivated high school girl. And, like, I just enjoy this idea of, like, similar to what she does to the survivors at near the end of Danganronpa 2. Like, if you just let her talk for a while, she can pretty much convince anyone to do anything or, like, act against their own interests. And, like, to me, like, my charitable reading of this is that that's what she's doing here. She's finding... She knows what Kamakura's one weak point is, and that's he's fucking bored. And she uses that to get him interested in, like, going on this journey with her. I guess the thing with that that gets, that, like, I disagree with is that I don't find her arguments to be, like, compelling in any way. Like, not not necessarily, like, I don't find them compelling. I don't. Under, I, like, I don't see them as, like, they're bad, it's bad rhetoric, I guess is what I want to say. You know, it, it's not like, I, I think she would be more compelling, like, there's not much emotional core to what she's saying, aside from, like, despair, good, hope, bad, don't you want to, don't you want to be in despair? And I think more substance to it would be if they, if the writers kind of got down into what makes Junko tick. And then expressed, and then expressed that as a more cogent, more—I don't want to say relatable, but something that you know somebody could feasibly, reasonably proselytize. You know, like here's the thing, Jackie. When I heard her make that speech, I was like, I was suddenly rocketed back into high school, in which I remember vividly having a conversation with a girl in high school who at one point said something like that is just stuck in my brain of I'm afraid heaven will be boring. And that is not an uncommon thought amongst like young teenagers, especially in like I have never heard that. I'm sorry. <laughs> this is this is not uncommon. There's like very famously there's a ever ever heard of the project Post Secret? Like, this is, like, way, way back there. So, in the early 2000s or so, um, even my, I think my sister actually wrote one in. Like, this guy started this art project in New York or whatever. 
in which the idea is that he put a hundred postcards or whatever in a bunch of random places and he told people to write their secret on there without giving you know saying their name and mail it back in because they were pre-stamped envelopes or whatever and one of them like a couple of them was something along the lines of thinking of like I'm afraid like heaven or the afterlife or whatever will be boring or this idea of life in peace is this boring thing. And I think about the ideology of Junko being she is a teenage girl who learned about the concept of eternal happiness and it freaked her the fuck out. I, I think that's compelling, but I, I, I don't know. I, that's sad. That is so like, alien I'm not, to I'm me. Not, that's so alien. I'm not to me. saying. I, that's what I mean. Is <laughs> I mean, or I'm not I, saying like maybe that's not even their intention or whatever. No, I mean, I. But I, what I am sorry. You keep cutting me off, please. <laughs> sorry, I'm just going to cut you down. Okay. <laughs> Here's the sword. I will. Yeah. I will meet you in the field of combat and accept my fate. Okay. Great. But until then. The thing that I think about is like the thing that for Junko, in which she is saying that, could you imagine how fucking dull it would be? Like, because something that's very interesting that they say, like, I'm not here to be like, you know, the lore girl or whatever, but they kind of gesture at this idea that her actual ultimate ability is this like insane analysis that she's able to run in her brain at all times. And thinks the conclusion of, oh, if everything is stable and harmonic or whatever, which is an often very, which is like what a lot, you know, in Japanese society, it's like, oh, we will. Yeah, it's what people want or not even just Japanese society, but like the presumed, you know, social goal of all of humanity is trying to gesture towards like stability. And she hears about that concept and thinks about that concept. She's like literally thinking you know, years down the line and thinking, God, this harmonious bullshit, fuck it. And it's like, I don't, like, seeing that would actually, like, it's this idea of it would, if everything was predictable and stable and harmonious, not recognizing that even in a harmonious scenario, there's still going to be disagreements, there's still going to be problems to solve, but it's one of those hyper-literal thinking of, like, again, a teenage girl being like, oh, if everything's stable and harmonious and easy and happy or whatever, that terrifies me. I guess it's... And that's, oh, sorry. I, I guess that's ultimately, that's where I see Junko's argument of me not agreeing with that argument. But again, my mind rocketing back to that girl in high school just saying that statement. It's like, oh, that's when her character kind of clicked for me, was kind of in this moment. I, I guess it's two different ways of arriving at the same, like, end game. Because I always read Junko as being, like, angry with the world. As, like, this idea of, you know, somebody... Like, she like she would never admit it to herself or really anybody else. But the idea of, like, you know, the world being the way it is drives her fucking... Like, is... is drives her bananas. Yeah, drives her bananas. Like, yeah. it's... With, for lack of other words, it drives her to despair in the same way that she wants to drive other people to despair. It's not so much that she finds it fun, so much as she finds kinship in doing so. 
and not only novelty but like also by pushing people's buttons she like gets to have fun with it you know and then also like of course she's not actually you know she isn't as unfettered as she wants people to believe she is you know but she is pretty Mm -hmm. pretty unfettered by the like you know she's kind of off the deep not off the deep end per se but like you know she doesn't have that kind of attachment to anything she doesn't have any attachment enough to like keep her from constantly trying to drive other people to the brink it's sort of like you know this um she is the uh (laughs) a weird idea of like (laughs) I don't know, again, this was on my brain, of, like, the way atheists are produced in, like, fucking, uh, like, Christian movies or whatever. It's like, oh, they have no morals, they have no fucking, like, sense of right and wrong. But it's this idea of, like, she decides, it's like, this, like, harmonious bullshit, whatever, la-la, get everybody working together, sucks and I hate it, and I'm gonna do everything in my power which includes capturing a dude and like scooping his eye out. That was really funny. Him. Is the thing I love. That was so. I fun. love that the guy's I'm... password was curry rice. So obviously, like big, big curry guy. I love that. It's so funny. It's one of those rare instances in which like the fucking punchline is told before the joke, and it works beautifully. It's so good. I I love. Also, that she uses the like the pick that she's eating the takoyaki with to like hold his eyeball. <laughs> like it's Which... just it's a cute like it, Junko. Whenever Junko is on the screen, there are always like a bunch of really cute little details that they do with that. Like obviously, the studio loves Junko. I and I agree with them. Junko is like Junko is a character that like is a really hard sell, but she rocks. Like, regardless of it what helped. her actual ideological motivation is, like, that was... But, like, she is she is a little silly with it. She is funny. She's just funny when she ties the man up. It's, it's like, it's not just enough to cook him curry rice in front of his face with the idea of, like, oh, the smell of it will produce nostalgia, which will make you fucking, like... Like she just terrifying the curry rice. <laughs> she made that curry rice for no, herself. I, he didn't get a. He did I not know. get a bite of that. <laughs> it's like a spoon about to hit his eye. So it's like, oh, I wanted some. It's like, man, you know that smelled pretty good. I I could have gone for some curry. Fucking dead. And then he fucking dies. Jen. Yeah, and his eyeball is being held open with a bunch of Hello Kitty bandages and whatever. It was cute. <laughs> that was a cute little detail, also. The cutest little serial killer. Oh my god, Junko is the cutest little serial killer. I I also like Corpse Warblade this uh, this episode. I love that she. <laughs> I love that she got me. Jed, but she this loves so. So, Jackie, it's very funny how much this show has infected, like, Jennifer's brain. It's because, like, she, we were talking about what, we were watching the show, and we were just talking about the scene, and she goes, I really liked Corpse Warblade in the scene, apropos of nothing. Corpse Warblade is just, like, a way better name than Mukuro Ikasaba. Like, Mukuro Ikasaba. Rather, you know, so... I hope that there is a Japanese equivalent to Ultimate Despair Reprise that's also doing a podcast, and they are also referring to her as as Corpse Warblade, because that is a hell of a trend. That is a hell of a name. Yeah. <laughs> what? <laughs> okay. Japanese Ultimate Despair Reprise. Am I being dubbed with a lot of dishos and like ka? And, like at the end of every sentence that I say. 
<laughs> Probably. I I think it would, like I think if I was dubbed, it would be like Deshaw and Donnet and shit like oh, that. I, oh man, I hope I hope whoever um, I hope if I get a Japanese dub that they roll their R's a lot and they talk like uh, like a, a Chimpira. Like, I think, I think, Jap- I think, like, like Japanese dub Jackie, like, like, I think, yeah, the rolling of the R's, but also you would, like, they would end all their sentences in Naroda, <laughs> you know? Okay, that would like, be pretty good. <laughs> pretty good. Yeah. What? Okay, now we have the voice cast, like, Japanese dub Jen. <laughs> oh, the it's horny just one. Megumi Ogata, got it. <laughs> the horny one. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> you're like you're like um, you're like the person who voiced uh, Popico with the head pads like sketch from Pop Team Epic. God, <laughs> give us your best Marilyn Monroe. <laughs> Come on! No, I think oh, we're. I don't. Yeah, don't make I her do it. I can't do the voice. All right, all right. I would do it, but I I'm too powerful. I'm not gonna. Yeah, what would happen is, you know, you'd just fucking you'd swat your hand away. You'd be able to keep yourself yeah. from me. Yeah. I yeah. say that too, anyway, right, to the entire around. dear audience. <laughs> dear audience. Jen. Anyway, it's it continues to be funny whenever Junko insults Mukuro and Mukuro is just taken aback for a moment before getting all blushy and being like, oh, she used three different quadrants of insults this time. This is great. You know she went, you know she immediately started jacking it as soon as she was off frame. <laughs> Man, <laughs> Corpse Warblade is a... It, she is the horniest character the, in this show and it's the best. See, like this. So, like, I am. That's like, I am at this very like, moment. Oh, sorry. I, I. It's like it's sort of like you know we were remarking how, like, you have um. You have Mihiro, or not Mihiro. Uh, Mikan, Mikan. Uh, uh, Mikan is like the unfunny, horny character, right? Um, this was like one of the things we complained about frequently in season two. Uh. But also, but Murkuro, like, the way her hoardiness manifests yeah. is just funny. Right now, we like, are that, just... like, harassment, that sexual harassment versus flirting image with, like, the, the Chad and the nerdy guy. <laughs> and it's like, and I see, I see how the show frames Mikan, how the games in the show frame Mikan, and I see how the games, you know, frame the chef guy whose name escapes me, Teru Teru. And then, Teru Teru. And then I see, and I'm like, hello, police? And I see uh, Corpse Warblade, and I'm like, "Hello, handsome." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hello, handsome. I, I, I do appreciate. I, I don't appreciate their brand of horny masochism, but I do appreciate yours. Yeah. But it no, does it, help it, that she's a weirdo who's into weapons. I, I think. Yes. I think. I think that's the thing. Is like the way to make a character who has like a quirk that may not be very palatable make them immediately super palatable is make them like just an incredibly greasy homo who loves guns. <laughs> she, like, like a Murkuro out here just like downing dudes, like with just a knife, right? Like it's, it's just like, she took out like five security guards. Like, like she was fucking, she stopped like, time and sucked them off. And then while they were distracted, oh my she God. said they Sometimes I wish I had a remote hardware mute that I could just mute. Jack I can hardware. You don't want me to hard. You, you told me earlier you don't want me to hardware mute. 
except when I have the power. Like, I need to have, like, a kill switch I somewhere. got the talking switch. <laughs> it turns out the toggle switch is, in fact, like, the New Jersey Turnpike. Have to hit me. You're gonna have to come and find me in the Meadowlands, Xanadu. We're gonna have our final gunfight on the fucking Statue of Liberty made out of gummies or whatever. Yeah, the the like fucking uh, gummy like the like indoor sponsor. ski hill. We're gonna fucking just fucking like choking each other out, like tumbling down the indoor ski hill. <laughs> like the fucking ending of like a Trigun Badlands Rumble, except it's the Metal and Xanadu. God, I I want now I want to see an action movie where they end up in the Metal and Xanadu and just like tear the place apart during their final battle. Like because like, like the fucking ending of Heat. Yeah, like the ending of Heat. Just oh my god, just tearing that the place to shreds. Location, boss. Just the stupidest yeah. location. Like, they go to the they go to the Meadowlands Xanadu and they fight it out and then, like, maybe they go cross-country and get to the world's biggest ball of yarn after they have a <laughs> strangle there. Um, I don't know. They have, to, they have to have a very long fight and a very long train. And a very fast train, rather. Speaking of Speaking of blushy characters not getting what they want, uh, it's very fun. Sakakura, this episode is a hoot to watch because, like, he's just various he does times the Arthur like fist thing. Yeah, when she says, "Like, actually, I want to suck off Munakata." It's I want to suck off Munakata. This is mine. <laughs> that dick is mine. <laughs> God, it's just, it's just so he funny. Like, just, it's, he's just again, funny with it. <laughs> it's very funny melodramatic storytelling of like, uh, I guess there's no room for me. Why am I doing it in like the solid snake? I guess there's no room for me. That's liquid snake, so. Brother, we can suck him off together. Ugh. It's not long enough. <laughs> oh, Jen, I feel yeah. so sorry for you. You have to deal with us. <laughs> I do find it. I do find it very funny that Sakakura's like right when they graduate, Sakakura's holding a world championship belt, and he's like, "Well, I already accomplished my goal in life, so I guess I'm stuck with you two. Man's hit apotheosis, won the like fucking AEW World Championship. He's like, "Oh man, I'm good. I can live off of royalties." On I I do love. Forever. I do love that he like did it all off screen too it's extremely funny how do you even like uh, i think that like boxing tournaments should ban ultimate boxers from like like if you if you came from like hope's peak or whatever like fuck off like this is for normal people not genetic freaks for the same reason they don't let you do like you know swimming with like jet skis you know (laughs) <laughs> he single-handedly destroyed the whole betting aspect of boxing because no one wants to fucking bet against someone who has ultimate in their title. Fuck. Right. Literally, I, the- That's why- yeah, fucking, Do you want like, me to tell you we- of the best uh-huh. instance of hobby drama that has ever occurred? I, Jackie- I have never been more prepared for this moment than I am right now in my entire life. I want to know about this drama. The year is 2001. It is the oh, uh, yes. Olympic fencing tournament. 
uh, Estonia versus uh-huh. Hungary, I want to say. Um, and the the Estonian the Estonian fencer is a skilled counterattacker, and this is epee fencing. So if you like within like sixty milliseconds, if you if you hit them and they hit you, and it's a double touch, so neither of you gets a point. So the Estonian guy is a fantastic counterattacker, and he does the first game. He does the first game. He wins the first game. He goes on, and the second guy stands there. He's they're ready. You know, they they go okay, three, two, one, fence in French because of course I don't remember. I don't remember the term. I think it's engagement. Um, mm-hmm. And nothing happens because the hunger the Hungarian guy realizes if I go forward, if I advance. It is a 50-50 here. I'm going to either draw and get a double touch, and my my advance will not count. You know, we will both just reset to neutral, or I will get counter hit, and I will lose this. En- I will lose the engagement, and I will have. We will go back, and I'll be 0-1. So he just stands there. The Estonian guy, being a being somebody who has specialized very heavily into counter attacking, does not want to advance because. Why would you advance and do something that you are not like pr- doing something you are less proficient in? Why would you per- put yourself in a worse position out of impatience? That is a just bad move. So he stays back and he keeps his stance. And the other guy doesn't want to advance. So he so they both just start fucking around, and it gets so bad. I think the I don't remember how it, how exactly it plays out, but the. Um, the round, of course, ends without either of them scoring a point. They just run out the clock. And it gets so bad that it basically broke fencing for 20 years. Because all refs can do at this point is say, quit being pussies and fence. Because, like, you can't, you can't force, there's no, like, mechanical way to make them engage to force engagement uh, as a ref. There's no way to force the two fencers to actually fence. Uh, and it turns out, yeah, like, fighting with swords is extremely lethal. You are going to tap each other with the stick at some point if you are both very good. And it made everybody mad, and it has basically... It hasn't ruined fencing, but it has broken the rules of fencing for, like... No, there hasn't been a... Fencing referees have not found a proficient... Like, a, a, a worthwhile solution to this problem in, like, 20, 21 years. It's not like they can release the sequel to fencing and add parrying as a mechanic. Parrying is you know? well, that's the thing. Parrying is a mechanic, and it is very, it is very solidly, it is very solidly the mechanic that is causing this. <laughs> I, I, they can't I do dead angles. Just, like, <laughs> give if if you could yeah, dead angle in fencing. <laughs> Do or do like a blitz shield. God. <laughs> Patch it blitz shielding to fencing. God. Rev two rollback. If maybe. they if they add rollback to fencing, God, we're gonna be in so much trouble. <laughs> well, you said that like, the guy got him within one sixtieth of a second, right? No, it's not one sixtieth <laughs> of a second. So if it's in sixty millisecond in Epe, uh, which is the time it takes for the um like your electronic uh like vest to register uh-huh. a touch. Um, if uh-huh. you both touch at the same time, effectively, like, if, if they both trigger, then need, nobody gets a point. This is why they need rollback netcode, because they can actually determine who got it first. <laughs> then that's that's just, uh, uh, that is just epi fencing, I think. Or not epi, uh, that is just yeah. foil. 
Maybe they should just take off the armor and start stabbing each other. I don't know. That's Hema. That's Hema or Booker. (laughs) Great. Um, I guess not to jump back to the previous episode, but I did think it was kind of cool. Like, just as an aside, we had mentioned someone, and it's implied that Murakata did this, um, decided that regardless of how the peace talks went between uh, Naegi and the Future Foundation, they were just gonna fucking like, murder everyone on Jabberwock Island anyway, Which so... Is cool as hell. It's, like, the coolest thing Murakata has done, where it's like, yeah, fuck you. <laughs> so that episode basically just ends with 30 naval battleships rolling up on the island as, uh, Hinata just stands there and opens one red eye... Uh, opens one eye and the eye is red. It rocks. Yeah. Everybody it loves Kamakura, the most special boy. He is, he is the, the most ult- genetic, like, he's the ultimate special boy. He is the, uh, he is the, he is the ultimate battleship sinker. He's gonna unveil that talent and everybody's gonna be like, oh, fuck, oh, no. He's gonna do, like, that, that, like, fucking carrot in one piece and just jump in between the ships. Oh, that happened just, to like, me break once. them all. Yeah. yeah, it sucked so bad. Uh, yeah, you do you have naval Jen, did you just burp? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Oh my god. Sorry? <laughs> it's fine. This is fine. <laughs> Much like most things, this episode devolves into chaos at roughly the hour 15 mark. Holy shit. Um, <laughs> I mean, I, I, I do like how the ending. I Kamakara killed all those people and then hit the gritty on their corpses. Like, <laughs> wacky shit. Yeah. I do love, though, that, like, again, it, it is actually kind of a cool thing. It's one of those problems that, like, in a narrative, it's like, oh, how do you show, you know, guy is, like, a cool, strong guy? Like, it's, you know, melodramatic, cliche, whatever, fucking who cares? It's sick as fuck when Corpse Warblade, like, comes at, like, e- like Kamakura with a fucking knife, and he just lightly bats her away and sends her rolling to the other side of the room by means of, like, a move that is implied to be so fast that, like, the human eye can't even register it. He's a Dragon Ball character at this point. Yeah! (laughs) He's a little silly with it. That's his Super Saiyan 3 form. He's gonna instant transmission his way out of the skull at some point. (laughs) Well, the thing is, he goes so fast, he um, he just, whenever somebody tries to engage him, he sucks them off at light speed. And then while they're distracted, he's <laughs> It's a That's common technique they jumped. teach you that in the military. Have like, get somehow, Oh my god, I just fixed described. fencing. <laughs> I just fixed Olympic fencing. No, no! Light speed dick sucking. If you can anyway. suck dick fast enough, it doesn't matter if you double touch, you have priority. <laughs> Uh, FASs are gonna hate me. Things. FASs are gonna F-A-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-
Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I said Asahina with the janky hitbox. It's rather funny when she is like punching the air, <laughs> and just her arm, like it's 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 funny. Uh, that's it. Yeah, and Hagakure just continues to be there. Hagakure <laughs> has just not done anything. He, this man has just been like it'll cut to him just like jacking off. He's just there, <laughs> like. He's gonna, he's gonna, like, do something in the end, but also, it is just funny every time, when it's like, I wonder what, like, nobody, nobody in this show so far has said, I wonder what Hagakure's up to. <laughs> it's so, I, well, Makoto says, like, no, was it Makoto it or was, Asahino I says, like, uh, aren't we forgetting somebody? And I think, like, Asahino. No, they said, like, says, I think like, we ah. have people on the outside who are gonna save us, and then it cut to Hagakure, which I thought was way better. If I recall, I was yeah. kind of like half listening for that scene. I had other stuff going on. It's it's fine. It's, it's just very funny that every now and again, it's like it's the Hagakuri reminder. Hey, like, this guy at the exists. Beginning of these episodes. <laughs> hey, this guy exists. Remember when he hotboxed Robo Justice? Jen, <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, do you have anything more meaningful to say? Um, not really. Other than that, like. Like, there are interesting things that happen during these few episodes, but I do think that, uh, if I'm remembering the, um, episode of The Despair Side that's coming up soon, I'm gonna be doing a lot of frustrated sighs. Uh, I'm so <laughs> excited. Jen's gonna well, be so mad. I, I, well, here's, I don't necessarily want frustrated sighs. I want you to vocalize your thoughts. Oh, yeah. It's just gonna be very grumpy Jen for a bit. Grumpy Jen. Grumpy Jen. <laughs> Jackie, any other thoughts on these episodes? Again, kind of, sort of more set up episodes. Uh, Did you uh, know one that more if you thing, used one realized. of those like shitty AI machines to that like render anime girls to draw, and if you asked it to draw somebody to like eating ramen, it just draws them with like a fist full of noodles, just shoveling them into their mouth. Because I think about that all the time. <laughs> That's Juko, Juko going to the ramen shop, eating ramen with her fist. AI generated Juko Onoshima eating a fistfuls of eating fistfuls of ramen. Send us as that many AI like generated it, pictures of Juko Onoshima as you can. No, 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 no. This is homework. You gotta draw Juko at the ramen shop eating the. You can you can also ramen. use AI to generate it, but she can't have giant knockers. You gotta like keep her, you can't keep her knockers too big. If her, if her knockers are too big, we take points away from you. <laughs> Exactly. And the just, points will be necessary at the end of the season. Just I typing hope you've been keeping track, kids. Just typing in the generation query like Junko Onoshima, Robin, small breasts, relatively normal size. <laughs> relatively normal sized. <laughs> Looking normal, doesn't look fucked up, not not bad, not weird. Regular yeah, the, the eating ramen, was- Junko Onoshima. The trick to AI generation is if you just type in normal enough, it'll it'll look normal. <laughs> Except it's that true. That itself will normalize, and then she'll stop being Juko and she'll just she'll it'll just be like it'll just be coarse war blade. <laughs> it'll be normal normal Enoshima. living person regular blade. <laughs> <laughs> no living person regular. Spoon. Wait, no. you can still use that as a blade. No, yeah, you, no, it's it's fine if it's a blade. You use blades for all sorts of things. You use blades for shaving. You oh, use yeah. blades to like you know ice yeah. skate. You use blades to like you know cut meats. You use blades to uh, 
use blades to navigate the Xbox 360 yeah, navigation. Use blades like, to slay vampires before they took it away from us. God, I, God, they, they really, I remember what they, they took us. from you. <laughs> yeah, the Xbox 360 uh, blades. I have one last thought. Blades in the dark. It is really fucking cool. Like at the end of the second episode that we watched of Junko walking out of the ho- like hospital and Ryota is walking into the hospital and her crazy analysis brain popping off super hard, turning around in like the way that she mentioned earlier that like, you know, things like, oh, a single bullet can start a world war. Oh, yeah. And just being like, oh, yeah, it's incredible because it's almost as if she's got spider sense. has not. It's like it's almost as if like it's like she is struck not necessarily with spider senses or she's whatever, got, yeah. but like the force of the narrative itself has given her the ability in a single moment to realize, oh, this guy is the key to everything. I It's sick. I think she just had this like this epiphany like, oh hey, this guy looks super mentally ill. <laughs> I I got I gotta get in on this. What's your name? Riona? We're gonna make this happen. <laughs> Riona, like years before, tried to think, is is this the bad bitch I finally pulled for being autistic? <laughs> <laughs> I knew it! I knew it! I knew watching Ranking of Kings would not would ultimately end in this. <laughs> Jen, please tell people where they can find you. <laughs> I am going to mute so much of this stupid episode. You can Jen. find me on Twitter at JPU3, and all of my work can be found on patreon.com slash scanlinemedia. Are you doing a fucking, like, like a Jim Carrey's? Or like, oh, yeah. Right, man. No. You do it, Jen. No. Chaos, Jen. We finally unlocked Chaos, Jen. Oh, man. Jackie, where can tell people where to find you. I am Chairman Mao. I am I'm haunting the walls of the Middleland Xanadu. When you see your jelly beans go missing, or like you know, you win a prize or something, and then you just can't find it anywhere. That's me. It was me, Austin. It was me all along. I stopped time oh, and wow. jerked you off. <laughs> 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 you can be found at Chairman Mao on Twitter, huh? Yeah. Isn't, that, isn't that wacky? I am also and your also lizard friend you... on Twitch, and oh god. Uh-huh. And if you need you some, work and if some... you need somebody to do writing for you, and you're willing to pay like a lot, of eighteen money. an hour, or like more, the more equivalent, you know, whatever, we'll work it out. Um. Just send me a DM or whatever. I'm a good writer, I promise. <laughs> yeah, and you, you, you do have... And you have... <laughs> oh my god. Okay, I need to, to like, somehow like, maintain myself for the next 30 seconds. You can find me on Twitter at Kyrie Page, and that is where you'll find most of my stuff, along with Jennifer on ScanlineMedia.com or Patreon.com slash ScanlineMedia. Also, the big thing I've been uh, certainly been working on is... um. Fucking Ember's Award, that's the the, the 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 tabletop campaign. That is free for like all tabletop stuff 
that Scanlight has done. There is a feed for all of that. You don't gotta be a patron, whatever. Shit, you I can gotta get in to on that. All. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can listen to all our free, old campaigns say? we're releasing. Free? Yes, free. For the low, uh, low yeah. price of zero United States dollars? <laughs> Well, I would like a dollar, but you know that's that's optional. The dollar is optional. I'd like the a dollar too, a honestly. Month, the five dollars a month it used to take purely optional. Now, I I won't say no. I think you should give us money. That'd be cool. Like dog, give yeah, us you money. Fucking old creep, Joe Biden. <laughs> give us money. Rob a bank. <laughs> Rob a bank. Rob a bank. Uh, <laughs> Steal, steal from your job. <laughs> take, take pens and then other stuff too. Commit grand larceny if you could. <laughs> Pull an ATM out of the ground, load it into the back of your truck, and slowly take it apart. They can't stop you if you're fast. They can't actually. <laughs> Just walk out. I'm like I'm walking out of this goddamn podcast. I've been Kyrie. I've been Jennifer. I've been Jackie. Class dismissed. Or are they? Yes, they are. Okay, Jacqueline, then. stop the recording. <laughs> Oh,